circumstances are, we know that God is in control on everything and He loves us. And He loves us that much that He gave His Son for our sins, for our life, for everyone here, for me, for my family. And this is, this is what, for me, uh, gave me give, giving me hope for every day and for every, everything. We have been able, able to experience this in many ways through all the time behind us. Although uh, there is a pain in, in our heart when we watch our child suffering, beloved child suffering, God has given us grace to look at him and to draw strength from him for every, every new day and for everything what uh, new days carries. Uh, we are very, very happy to be able to be part of this church, this community. Uh, we are thankful for, uh, because of his providence, God brought us here. And uh, when I met Garrett, you served the food in, uh, in uh, February, beginning of February at the Target House. You will do the same tomorrow. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and we just became good friends and we came to this church. And, and uh, we really, we really love, love uh, you and, and it's privilege to be part of this church. And we truly can see God's hand in, in above all of things. While we were in, uh, watching our daughter's, uh, uh, daughter's pain and suffering as, as she was enduring very aggressive therapy where her whole body were affected, uh, we were reminded of, as we, we sung, we were reminded uh, how great of pain our Heavenly Father endured as he was watching his only beloved begotten son suffering. I think about how hard it is for me and how helpless I feel as a human sinful being. And can, then you, can you then imagine how uh, who, uh, God, who hasn't spared his son for us, but let him to be spat, to be mocked, to be flogged, and then brutally crucified for me, for my sins, and for you. What's love? This is amazing, God's love. So, if you are going, dear friend, through darkness, through hardship, suffering, lack of understanding, or if you even, uh, uh, there is a sin in your heart uh, which makes you feel accused and guilty all of the time, I invite you, I urge you, look up the cross, look up to Jesus, and you will see him and all his love who has shown for, for me and for you. Precisely there on the cross, God show your love. He gave his son for my sins, for my justification, so that I could one day uh, stand in front of my heavenly father with my creator, with, with my open arms and seeing the wide open, mind, open arms of my heavenly father who is stretching towards me. I live for that. Imagine a father listening to his son. Why you have forsaken me? But he had all the power and authority to finish it all and not allow his son to suffer. But if he had saved himself and, and his son, 
from the agony, we will be lost today. None of us will be here. And you know that through all eternity, we will be separated from God forever. But he had not spared his son. He gave his son for you and for me. I will, I will share you a little bit about my story, about how, how I, I became Christian. And, uh, and, uh, and this, this will be actually, actually in, uh, introducing in, in what I've been talking about. I became Christian at a time when I uh, not turned yet 19. I was born in nominal Christian family, uh, nominally, but up at, until then, until my 19 years, I have never heard about the gospel, about the Bible, about Jesus, what he had done for me. Yet I had always believed that God exists. But for me, God was unknown, completely unknown. I tried to seek him by going to the Orthodox Church where I would always hear do that, do this. And I was, uh, I would doing all those things with my genuine heart, but I was still completely lost. God was still somewhere far, far, far away. And I was here. And he was, yeah, completely unknown person. God was still there. And I lived a God, God, godless life, just like everyone around, around me. And I had, I had no hope for the future of my life. My, my parents had divorced a few years before, and I lived completely on my own. When I finished the school, I had no work. There was no one of, of my family around me. I had nothing. It was impossible for me to find a job in that time, unless you had money or someone to help you. There was a war in our country there. I was completely lost, and I was wondering why, uh, what was the meaning of my life? where it, it was hitting, why I even had it. But I knew that God is exist. I never doubted it. And then by mir miracle, real miracle, which is another story, God made it possible for me to find a job so that I could live. <coughs> everyone would ask me who was my connection. Uh, and I was telling them everyone, God did it for me. Even I didn't know him. But above all, God's plan for me to get to know him. Right at that workplace, I got a small blue New Testament printed by Gideons. And, uh, and I started reading it. Small New Testament, cheap, free. <laughs> and God spoke to me. I was devouring every word. God personally talked to me through his word. And he opened my eyes. She, he showed me his, his glorious gospel of Jesus Christ and what he did for me and the whole of mankind. God fulfilled the greatest need of my heart to know him as the Lord and Savior. God was my provi provider, not just the physical needs, which are temporary. Yes, I got a job and I could leave, but, but he provided actually the greatest need of my heart. To know him, spiritual need that I had, to know God, my sin to be forgiven, to be reconciled with him, to have a hope for my life to have meaning. 
since then, my life uh, uh, started going in a completely different direction. I spent two years doing that work. In the meantime, I met other Christians. And the first female Christian that I had met later became my wife. That's Yaroslava. The first. <laughs> and when, when we got married, uh, everything, all we had could fit into the su- two suitcases. We had nothing. We had no work, no place to live at. But we had uh, each other and trust in the Lord who will take care of us. And, uh, and so we came to a wonderful Bible school which I entered. Desire of my heart was to be useful for kingdom, kingdom of God, to study his word, to share his word with others, to share what God did it for me. Yaroslav was voluntary while I was studying. And when I finished the school, the leader of that school, who is now my great friend, asked, asked us to be part of his team. God answered us and gave us uh, to be part of the ministry that I could, be, could only dream about it. By his providence, later, a few years later, we were called to lead this school, which uh, we trains believers from our region to share the gospel, uh, uh, or, uh, to share the news, gospel of Jesus Christ. Even after 10 years, we are still part of that school. God is our provider. God provided, provided everything. In his unending grace, he revealed his glorious gospel to me, a person from a remote village. No, no one has ever heard of it. From there, from there, he called me to trust him, to worship him, and be in his ministry. And last year, after 10 years of our ministry, we had a chance to be away for two months, just as for us as a family, and it was fantastic. For the first time after a long time, we have a time to be together. Right after the return from our break, something's happened. Or Sarah started feeling sick almost every morning. And short after, every parent's divorce nightmare, it's what happened to us. I was, it was found that our daughter has a life-treating disease, a brain tumor. And only those few moments of life has changed completely. Fear, sadness, pain, questions, uncertainty, helplessness. We were overcome with all of this while we had started to walking into our new, different, and unwanted tomorrow. Why will it happen to, to us, to Sarah, our child, healthy girl who is enjoying life, lives a healthy lifestyle, plays sports? Back then, when we found about it, my wife was eight months pregnant. We were overcome with everything. But after the shock, after the first shock, God reminded us. And this is what God reminds me for every new day. God is in control of all things. He knows tomorrow better than I do. And he will give us what we need to stay faithful to him. He will give us what we need. 
He is our provider, the provider of faith in Him when we have no strength to faith in Him, to be faithful to Him, to believe in His kindness and His love. He will provide us with everything. For me, it was so hard to feel that I can do anything about it. In the ministry as a leader, I somehow always knew what I have to do in, to resolve some situation. But now, the most difficult thing that could happen to men happened to me, and I can't do anything. And God was teaching me and reminded me that now it's all dependent on Him, on His control, and not on me and my ability to control the situation. Sarah was operated twice that month, and, uh, and then we found out it was a cancer and her treatment would, would last long. But God's providence, God opened the door, then we contacted St. Jude Hospital, and we were come here uh, very quickly. We will never been able to afford this kind of treatment that she, had, she has, but God arranged that St. Jude Hospital do not charge anyone's treatment. I'm thinking about how God has had Sarah and us in mind when St. Jude Hospital started working. Yes. God is our provider. He provided and fulfilled our need to come here. Everything. Amazing. And precisely through this church and, and through you and many others, God showed us that he is our provider. We have, my wife gave birth to our third child a few weeks after Sarah and I got here, and a few months later we were be able to be together here in Memphis. God provided it all in advance. Then, then, then that could be happen. It isn't wonderful. God is our provider. And I'm starting to, to talk about this Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who is our provider. I know that it's long introduction, but this is what happened to me. And I know then everyone of you has a uh, uh, personal story about, uh, about how you are became a Christian. But we will talk about God now, this God, Jehovah Jireh, and where this name is mentioned for the first time in the Bible and, and through what kind of experience. Jehovah Jireh is a uh, name which means God is our provider. Just like all other names we're studying so far, it reveals something from God's character. God's man Abraham was put into the greatest, uh, amazing life situation where he could be able to meet God as Jehovah Jireh. But to get to know God like that, it wasn't enough for God to come to Abraham and say to Abraham, you know, Abraham, my name is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides, provides, nice to meet you. No, <laughs> it wasn't is that way. In order for Abraham, Abraham, sorry, in Serbian is Abram, and I always say Abraham, but he's Abraham. <laughs> In order for Abraham to learn it, he had to go through such an amazing, heartbreaking, painful, shocking, terrifying experience 
But exactly through that, God became his Jehovah Jireh. I ask Eric to come to read us for us Genesis 22, first 18, 18 verses. He will read from and he will read NIV version, and you can follow on the screen as well. Verses one through eighteen says, "Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am.' He replied. Then God said, "Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about." Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I, go, while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The, the fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arrayed, arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and, looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. And make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Thank you so much. What an incredible event. Let us put Abraham's shoes and imagine this situation. On previous Sundays, we, we heard from Barrett that the impossible became possible. The two old people, Abraham and Sarah, after many years, since they, they were given the promise, got their son Isaac. And God said that the great nation would descend from him as the stars of the heavens, as the sand which is on the seashore. This, this was the promise from God for, for Isaac. And now something, something unimaginable for parents takes place here. We can imagine how was great, huge, enormous, challenging was 
that was for Abraham. Here are the parents of the son who was born under miraculous circumstances, the son of the promise who was known by everyone and who everyone was setting their hopes into. And God called now in this situation, God called Abraham to show a supreme act of obedience. God told Abraham in, in the second verse, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a birth offering on a mountain I will show you. Take your son. Take your only son whom you love. Take him and kill him and burn him. Can we imagine how strong this, that words was for Abraham? When Abraham heard these words, he started collecting woods for the road. And, and then with Isaac, two of his servant, servants and donkey, he started to travel to Mount Moriah. Uh, the mount was about 50, 60 miles away, and it would take about three days to get there. And Abraham had much time to think about, along that way. Can you imagine how it was difficult for him while he was walking he was uh, uh, traveling on that journey to Mount Moriah. That was uh, probably was the most trying and anguishing time of his life. He had uh, plenty of time to, to think about what God had told him to do and what he's going to do. To kill his son, whom he loved. He was now maybe about 130 years ago uh, old, and after years and years of Rising the child and waiting for the fulfillment of God's promise. And now this, completely something contradictionary, completely. He was being asked to give up from one thing dearest to his heart. Can we imagine this? How he can give up from his son? Abraham knew that Isaac, Isaac was the promised seed. And still Abraham was willing to give up his son in full faith. And, and let us think about this. He started his journey without asking God a single question. He just started. He told him and he started his journey. Can we then imagine how much strain he needed for this? And you know that? We must not forget that Abraham was just a man like, like all of us with similar feelings and, and weaknesses. Yes, he did make this hard decision to obey God based on the faith only. And question is, but where this faith come, comes from? What would happen if Abraham had restra restrained himself from brandishing the knife? Would God's plan have failed because of it? What if Abraham had said, Lord, this is too much for me. I can't do this. But I want to tell you something. God doesn't have plan B. <laughs> the scripture is clear. When God promised to and vowed 
then he will see the fulfillment of it. Then failure is not an option. But that's God. That's not man's promise. That's God's promise. This means that the possibilities of Abraham's failure did not even exist. And why is that? God was going to supply his servant with everything, with all what he needed, with all faith he needed. God was going to supply him. God who revealed himself as a God who provides, provided Abraham with everything in order to obey his command. God has a covenant with us. He, he said he will cause us to obey him. And he will endure, endure us with, with all power we need to walk uprightly before him. Because he had promised, I believe he will do it. It's like he said, I'm Jehovah Jireh. If I don't keep my word, my throne will perish. I will cease to exist. Everything, the universe will collapse. Everything will end. But God keeps his word. Psalm, Psalm 9.10 says, Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. And very known verse, Proverbs 18.10 the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. When Abraham stepped on the Mount Moriah, he told his servants to stay behind while Isaac and him climbed up to the mountain to sacrifice. And he said to them, then they will come back to them later. In even this moment, Abraham demonstrated a huge faith. Abraham had prepared everything. The night was there, the woods that Isaac was carrying to burn the sacrifice. At one point, Isaac asked his father, Father, yes, my son. Abraham replied, the fire and wood are here. Isaac said, but where is the lamp for the burnt offering? We are going to sacrifice. To but where is the lamp? Abraham answered, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamp for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. God will provide the lamp for the burnt offering, my son. My dearest son, my only son, God will provide. Maybe you are wondering why would God demand this human sacrifice when the Old Testament tells us that he hated such practices. But God had created and brought up church precisely through this kind of event. The whole scenario was crucial to show to later generation that an animal sacrifice cannot redeem man's sins. One day, a human sacrifice will be needed. The one which is holy, pure. A sacrifice will include someone who will be ready 
to lay down his life for the whole mankind. Simply put, Abraham's journey is an illustration of, of prophecy of Messiah. It pointed out the sacrifice that Jesus Christ will offer for the sins of the whole world. And now, then back to Abraham, before God revealed to him another part of his character, we know that Abraham had already known God, knew God, and he already met God. During the Sodom crisis, God revealed himself to Abraham as alien, God most high, the creator and possessor of all things. The same way through Abraham's uh, personal crisis and doubts when, we, when he was waiting for uh, a promise to be fulfilled, Abraham revealed God as El Shaddai, God all-powerful and all-sufficient. Now God is taking Abraham to the, to, into the greatest crisis than man could even experience, ever experience, to sacrifice his son. Can you imagine what kind of mind God had to Abraham? Sacrifice his son, your child. Abraham was standing beside his son, holding a knife in his hand, being completely ready to obey God. He had already known about, much about God. And, and this was giving him strength to keep walking in faith in this such an amazing and, and heartbreaking experience. Abraham was holding on, on to God's promise him, and, and he was stepping in faith. The man of God now lifts up his knife. He was ready to plunge in, into his beloved son's heart. And then suddenly, he is stopped by a voice from heaven. Genesis 11 said, But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not fit held from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there is a ticket he saw in a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. What an amazing miracle of providence. Here, all along as Abraham was preparing to kill his son, God has a sacrificial animal close by. And God must have given a supernatural appetite to this ram that climbed up to the mountain searching for the food. And it was looking for food. Its horns got tangled into the bushes. And God provided the lamp. This is amazing new revelation of God's nature. The he revealed himself to Abraham as Jehovah Jireh. The word for provide, Jireh, in Old Testament literally means to see. Because he, see, he sees, 
he foresees or omniscient, omnipresent, eternal father has known end from the very beginning and in, in his own knowledge he provides everything in this situation unimaginable situation he provided the lamb so when Abraham said in 8 verse God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering my son he actually said God will see for himself the lamb the word see denotes, denotes providence because of God's providence Abraham called that place the Lord will provide Jehovah Jireh and even we know, even before we call out to him, all God answers. Even before we were born, he was working on forming and shaping our circumstances for our lives. I really believe in that. This gave me hope and peace in the, in the middle of trouble, in the middle of pain, in the middle of suffering. God knows everything. And this God who knows everything, this God loves me. Loves you. And how this uh, enter Abraham thinks being to our lives today. I read about uh, an Italian military leader and Cardinal Caesar Borgia. When Caesar Borgia came face to face to death, with death, he said, when I lived... I provided for everything but death. Now I must die. And I'm, I'm provided to die. When I lived, I provided for everything but death. Now I must die. And I'm, I'm provided to die. I'm provided to die. Why? Because Caesar Borgia did not call on the Lord's name. He refused to believe and obey the word of God. Romans 10, 13 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We won't be unprovided to die. And with, limita with limitation, people can provide everything they needed while they are alive. But... They cannot provide for death. No. For death, there is only one provider. Only one. Jehovah Jireh. Only one. There is no one other. Just one provider, Jehovah Jireh. God is our provider. He provides everything for us to live. The source of life is himself, is Jehovah Jireh. The one and only to make provision for our sinners to live. He did so by providing us with the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And the mount, and that mount, many sacrifices for sins were offering afterwards. But every sacrifice would be echo of Abraham's word, the Lord will provide. Every lamb, every goat, Every animal would point to the one uh, ultimate sacrifice. Because of the impossibility for the blood of bulls 
and goats to take away sin, God prepared a body for his son. Hebrews 10.4 and, and Hebrews 10.5 says, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but the body you prepared for me. So at this abortment time, at the Passover day, Jehovah took that son, his only beloved son, and took him to a mount. And he left him on a cross there. And this time, and this time, there was no voice from heaven to stop hand of death. There was no ram in a bush to take his place. Not this time. Because the lamb was the provision of the Jehovah Jireh for the sins of the world. For the, my sins. For your sins. What man could not provide, Jehovah Jireh did. What man could not provide, we not provide. We can provide for almost everything, but not for that. But Jehovah Jireh did. And question for us, have you, dear friend, gone to Jehovah Jireh and by faith obtained the provision for your sins, for your death? Have you? Or will echo of Caesar Borgia's cry, now I must die, I must die, I'm, I'm provided to die? What it, will be, what it will be? Life or death? What provision has been made for your sins? Will it satisfy God? Only provision of God can stop God's wrath on us. Only one. Only the Lamb of God that God has provided can reconcile us to God and satisfies God's wrath. I don't know where you are standing with it today, but I, I urge you, do not, let, do not let this day end, or even do not uh, uh, leave this room until being still, I'm provided to die. I'm provided to die. God is our provider. He provides everything. Provides everything. Jehovah Jireh, He has provided what we need to be forever reconciled with our Heavenly Father, with our Creator. And opposite to Caesar Borgia's word, I, I want to mention dying words of Mary Frances. She said, Oh, that I could tell you what joy I possess. The Lord doth shine with such power upon my soul. Are you provided? Or unprovided for your death? Eternal life is what God has provided for us all through death and resurrection of his son. But not only that, he provides even more. Science, he is Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. He is, as we said, it literally means God will see. He also sees your and mine day by day needs. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 7, 8, and when you pray, do not keep 
on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be here because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Yes, or Jehovah Jireh both sees and knows our needs. So he also instructed us to pray, give us our daily bread. And do you feel, ask, do you feel silly asking God for bread when you can provide it for yourself? Do you feel uh, that it's not necessary to come to the sovereign ruler of universe with seemingly trivial uh, personal needs and desires? What will God even bother with you? But Jehovah Jireh wants us to come. He wants us to come. We are coming to the one who is for us. Listen this, Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will not also along with him graciously give us all things? What's wonderful words for us. This is promise. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will not also along with him graciously give us all things? In Genesis 22:14, So Abraham called that place, the Lord we provide and to this day it is said on a mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. He is God who is for us, not against us. In every life's test, you can lay Isaac on an altar. You can worship Jehovah Jireh in obedience, knowing that whatever you need, God will provide it. Whatever your circumstances are, where do you turn for provision? Where are you looking for provision? Looking for provision. Where? Who is your trust? Sometimes I've seen people point to their new car or new house laughing and saying, Jehovah Jireh. Actually, they said, look what God has provided for me. This is true. And we need to give him glory for all these things. But if we see Jehovah Jireh just as provider for our material needs, we don't have a full revelation of his glorious name. Or God is all of that. He is much more beside. Apostle Paul described the meaning of this name when he wrote, we already did this morning, uh, uh, Philippians 4, 19, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Jesus Christ. The Lord, God, will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Jesus Christ. For each one of us, for each one of us, uh, uh, future in this life is insecure and uncertain. And question is, who is my trust today? When Sarah got sick, we were afraid to think about the future. All still uh, now is everything uncertain and, and, uh, and insecure. We have questions how our lives going to be when we come back to Serbia. How will Sarah be? It is good for her to live in a country like Serbia. So many questions, so many fears for the future. 
and and above all God speaks to me and God also speaks to you the Lord is provided the Lord who cares he knows our future and he can take care of us he knows tomorrow better than we do we are to remain trusting him not only with our words but with whole our hearts with with our whole being therefore he is worthy of our trust and putting our hopes in him he knows and can do can do better he sees it all and he is omnipotent he loves me and he loves you and he has shown that love to us when he gave his son for us i only can trust in him in nobody else and there is only one only one provider jehovah jireh and my prayer that my god or father be mine and yours jehovah jireh today tomorrow always forever amen I invited you to stand together and uh, we can pray together for for all needs, for all hearts. I don't know where is your hearts, your heart today, but Jehovah Jireh knows. He's able. He loves you and he loves me. Let's pray together. to be together and to learn more about your character about your name thank you for lord for open arms to us thank you lord for because you are for us not against us you gave his, your only son for us for our sins for our reconciliation that we can stand before our god with not fear, with peace, we can stand before of you with peace in our hearts. Lord, help us to have trust in you more and more for every day, for every need, for every life circumstances. God, help us. Help us to, to have strength to, to testify you everywhere with all lies, with all words, with everything what we have. You are worthy and we worship you together this morning because you are our God, you are our Savior, you are our mighty God and you love us so much. 